0: The besiegers will look with delight on the calamities of the Jews. They do not comprehend the love, wisdom, and grace of God, which will overrule Israel's calamities for good. In their venomous hatred against Zion, the nations will believe that they have hit upon a plan which will successfully deliver to Israel a death-dealing blow. This week on Connecting the Gap, we continue our study on prophecies of the Bible, and we're going to continue into that right after this. Welcome once again to Connecting the Gap. I'm Daniel Moore, your host. Thank you for joining me this week as we continue our study of prophecies of the Bible as we continue on through the minor prophets. We're gonna try to get through Obadiah, Micah, and possibly into Zephaniah this week as we get closer to wrapping up the minor prophets and getting on into the New Testament. As I said before, thank you for joining me. Hope you guys have had a great blessed week and uh, we've got some great content this week in this episode and of course if you uh, have never subscribed to any of my channels you can do so i'm on stitcher youtube spotify deezer google podcast i'm on pandora apple there's just all different kinds of platforms that you can subscribe to connecting the gap on and of course as i mentioned in the last couple of episodes we're now on rumble and rumble has actually proven to be a pretty good platform for our podcast as our views are doing pretty well there on rumble uh, but you can go to Website connectingthegap.net, and you can see all the links on how to get to the YouTube channel or the Rumble channel, and then of course you can see all the different platforms that we're on. And I'm sure one of those you probably use on a normal basis. You can subscribe to us, and that way, whenever a new podcast comes out each week, you will get the notifications and stay up to date on our study of prophecies of the Bible. This is based on a study by Damon Duck, and we're going to go ahead and get started into this week's podcast here on Connecting the Gap. We're going to start out with Obadiah this week, and we're going to be in Obadiah chapter 1, verses 15 through 16. All nations will reap what they sow. In these scriptures it says, For the day of the Lord upon all the nations is near, and you have done, it shall be done to you. Your reprisals shall return upon your own head. For as you drank on my holy mountain, so shall all the nations drink continually. Yes, they shall drink and swallow, and they shall be as though they had never been. These particular verses here in Obadiah, they identify three principles or fundamental truths about God's judgment of the nations during the tribulation period. First, the day of the Lord is near. In Obadiah 1 verse 15, that means the time when God will judge the nations is approaching. Nations will go too far in their mistreatment of Israel, causing God to intervene in the affairs of the world. Second, upon all the nations, in verse 15, it means no nation will be spared. When his wrath is kindled, it will fall upon every nation on earth. And third, in verse 15, it says, As you have done, it shall be done to you. That means that God will take into account how the nations have treated his people. Those who kill will be killed. Those who make Israel drink a cup of suffering will be made to drink from that same cup. They will perish from the earth and be remembered no more. One purpose of the tribulation period is to punish all nations for their mistreatment of the Jews. Those who are particularly cruel, or the goat nations, will be destroyed before the millennium. As we move on to Micah, in the book of Micah, we're going to jump to chapter 4, read verses 1 through 7. In this particular section of verses, it talks about the, fe- the future kingdom. And in Micah chapter 4, verse 1 through 7, it says, Now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains, and shall be exalted above the hills, and people shall flow to it. Many nations shall come and say, "Come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways, and we shall walk in his paths. For out of Zion the law shall go forth, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between many peoples and rebuke strong nations afar off. They shall beat their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. But. Every Everyone shall sit underneath his vine and under his fig tree, and no one shall make them afraid. For the mouth of the Lord of hosts has spoken. For all people walk each in the name of his God, but we will walk in the name of the Lord our God forever and ever. In that day, says the Lord, I will assemble the lame, I will gather the outcast and those whom I have afflicted, I will make the lame a remnant, and the outcast a strong nation. So the Lord will reign over them in Mount Zion from now on, even forever. The little portion of scripture there in Micah chapter 4 verse 1 that says, in the latter days, is a Bible term referring to that period of time that ends with the second coming of Christ. In the latter days, or the last days of the times of the Gentiles, as it's also known, Jesus will return. The topography of Jerusalem will change. The Temple Mount will be elevated above the surrounding mountain. The Millennial Temple will be built and become the most sacred place on earth. Multitudes will stream to that place like a mighty rushing river. Even people from foreign countries will go there. They will visit the house of the God of Jacob, which is Israel's God. The word of God will be taught there, and people will be Will live by those teachings. God's law and God's word will come out of Jerusalem. This will be the millennial kingdom. Jesus will sit as a judge and he will settle disputes among the nations. His reign will produce world peace, disarmament or the destruction of weapons, and the end of military training. It will also produce safety and prosperity. This is what God Himself has stated. Today, all people walk in the name of their own God, but in the future, their devotion will be given to Israel's God. He will gather the lame, the exiled, and the afflicted, and rule over them from the temple in Jerusalem, and his kingdom will never end. During the millennium, there will be no need for the United Nations and the world court because nations and leaders will place themselves under the rule of Christ. There will be no poverty, no theft, no war, only one God and pure worship. With Jesus on the throne, this world will be the wonderful place God always intended. We are already in the last days of the times of the Gentiles. You can read about that in Acts chapter 2, verses 14 through 21. But the events described in this passage are still future. They will begin with the second coming of Christ and carry over into the millennium. In Micah chapter 4, verses 11 through 13, he reminds us, don't count your chickens before they hatch. I'm sure you've heard that statement before. It says in this passage, now also many nations have gathered against you who say, let her be defiled and let her eye look upon Zion. But they do not know the thoughts of the Lord, nor do they understand his counsel, for he will gather them like sheaves to the threshing floor. Arise and thresh, O daughter of Zion, for I will make your horn iron, and I will make your hooves bronze." You shall beat in pieces many peoples. I will consecrate their grain to the Lord and their substance to the Lord of the whole earth. In Micah chapter 4, verses 1 through 7, we learned about the future kingdom, but the establishment of that kingdom will be preceded by a planned attack on Jerusalem. Many nations will gather against the chosen city. The great number of attackers will be gloating about what they think will happen to the Jews and will plan to defile or corrupt the holy city. But they will be unaware of the thoughts and plans of God. They won't know that he has gathered them there to be destroyed. The whole area will be like a giant threshing floor. That's a place where grain was beaten or pounded to separate the kernels from the chaff. The enemy troops like freshly cut grain and Jerusalem like a powerful animal with horns of iron and hooves of bronze. The foreign armies will be pulverized. Israel will gather their ill-gotten wealth and give it to God. Everything will be done for his glory. Kenneth Barker and Waylon Bailey were quoted saying, The nations that are enemies of both God and his people do not know or understand that he is in complete control of everything that is happening, carrying out his own sovereign purpose, plan, and will, including even the siege of Jerusalem. They also do not realize that he has in store for them to gather them like sheaves to the threshing floor to be threshed. Some critics say that these verses refer to the Assyrian army attacking the northern kingdom of Israel. Others say they refer to the Babylonian army attacking the southern kingdom of Israel. Still others say they refer to the Roman army attacking Jerusalem after the death of Jesus. But this is a prophecy about many nations, as you read in Micah chapter 4 verse 11, attacking Jerusalem, not just one nation. And these many nations are not victorious, they lose. Here we have More information about the Battle of Armageddon, the troops will gather late in the tribulation period and they will be destroyed at the second coming of Christ. Demonic beings will gather the nations against Jerusalem for the purpose of wiping her off the face of the earth. The Jews will fight valiantly but begin to lose. The Antichrist and his forces will enter the city, loot, plunder, and rape. But before the victory is won and while the celebrations are going on, the sky will light up with the return of Christ. To establish his kingdom on earth. The following information is some highlights of that kingdom. In reference to the millennium, the future ruler of Israel will come out of Bethlehem Ephrathah. That's in Micah 5 2 through 4. Also the Jews will be a source of blessings for many people. Read about that Micah chapter 5 verse 7. Also Israel's weapons, fortresses, witches, idols and sacred stones will be destroyed. That's in Micah chapter 5 verse 10 through 15. And God will forgive Israel because he made covenants with Jacob and Abraham. You can read that in Micah 7:18 through 20. That wraps up Micah, and we will now move on to Zephaniah as we continue our study this week on prophecies of the Bible. As we begin Zephaniah, there's nothing on TV but a lot of bad news. In Zephaniah chapter 1, verses 14-18, through 18, it states, The great day of the Lord is near. It is near and hastens quickly. The noise of the day of the Lord is bitter. There the mighty men shall cry out. That day is a day of wrath, a day of trouble and distress, a day of devastation and desolation, a day of darkness and gloominess, a day of clouds and thick darkness, a day of trumpet and alarm, against the fortified cities and against the high towers. I will bring distress upon men, and they shall walk like blind men, because they have sinned against the Lord. Their blood shall be poured out like dust and their flesh like refuse. Neither their silver nor their gold shall be able to deliver them in the day of the Lord's wrath, but the whole land shall be devoured by the fire of his jealousy. For he will make speedy riddance of all those who dwell in the land. The time for God's judgment of the earth is approaching, and it will arrive quicker than most people realize. Zephaniah describes what it will be like. It will be a time of bitter crying. Even battle-hardened warriors will weep uncontrollably. During this time, God will loose his fierce anger on the world. The calamities such as famine, pestilence, earthquakes, and war that follow will produce distress and anguish such as the world has never seen. People will be surrounded by trouble and ruin. Loved ones will be killed. Houses will be destroyed, jobs will be lost. Even the heavenly bodies, the sun and moon, will be affected, and the earth will be covered with thick clouds and intense darkness. The sound of the trumpet and the battle cry will be heard everywhere, signaling the beginning of war. The strongest places will be attacked, great cities will be captured, and fortified places will fall. The distress will be so great, people will appear to be blind, feeling their way around wherever they go. God will do this because the people have sinned against him. He will show them no mercy. Their blood will be poured out like unwanted dust their insides will be poured out like something dirty and worthless. Every nation will be affected, not just Israel. All who have angered him will come to a sudden end. The day of the Lord will be an actual event of tragic proportions. It's no wonder that people call it the tribulation period. Christians should pray that they will be accounted worthy to escape all of these things, such as stated in Luke chapter 21, verse 36. And be thankful God has not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 9. J.A. Motyer was quoted saying, The day of the Lord is not arbitrary. It is the logical outgrowth of what humankind is. It will bring what humankind deserves, and it will expose the uselessness of what humans trust. David Reagan said, The Bible clearly teaches that society will degenerate in the end times, becoming as evil as it was in the days of Noah. That scripture is in Matthew 24, 37-39. The Apostle Paul, speaking as a prophet, says that society will descend into a black pit of immorality, violence, and paganism. That's 2 Timothy 3, verses 1-5. through 5. He asserts that men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, lovers of pleasure. People will be boastful, arrogant, and unholy, and children will be disobedient to parents. Sounds pretty much like the evening news, doesn't it? In short... I believe that we have arrived. That's going to wrap up this week for this episode of Connecting the Gap as we've continued our study on prophecies of the Bible. Uh, We've made it through Obadiah, Micah, and Zephaniah this week as we've continued on towards the New Testament. Thank you guys once again for joining me. Don't forget to go to my website, connectingthegap.net, and you can subscribe there to one of my podcast platforms, or you can also figure out what my YouTube and my Rumble channel is if you follow those instead, subscribe to those, click the bell, and you'll get the notifications anytime a new podcast comes out which is every Thursday of the year so uh, please subscribe to that and share visit my Facebook page and uh, please share to people that you think might benefit from this podcast so as we finish up today it is amazing how as we discuss what the Bible says here about how the end days are going to be how they are a complete reflection of what we are seeing in our world today As we look around, the demonic force of selfishness is so rampant across our land, and it's so obvious that Satan has a a grip on government. He's got a grip on the people, and he has just created this, this fake persona of what a success it is for a lot of people. And when you start getting into the... The way people are today, as they love themselves, they love their money. They work jobs because they want to make more and more money, and you know that's all they focus on. They put money ahead of their relationship with God. They put it ahead of their families, lovers of pleasure. And there's not anything wrong with some of these things, just in the basic form of it. But you cannot let it become an idol. You cannot let it become a god and something that you focus on twenty four seven. Our holy God has to be our focus and has to be the central force of our life and why we live. God doesn't want us to be boastful, arrogant, or unholy. We have no place to be like that in this world. We are to be like Christ. That's a Christian, little Christ. When we become a Christian, we are to act like Jesus as he was here on this earth. And I know that we can't be perfect in the essence and in the, in the way that Jesus was. But at the same time, he did give us the example to follow. And we are to do that to the best of our abilities, asking for repentance when we mess up, knowing that someday we're going to receive those rewards and crowns. Once we reach heaven. So, as we go through this study, please keep in mind that the times that we're talking about right now of the last days, we're in them and we don't know how much time we have left. We have to understand these signs and understand what's coming our direction. We want to be ready when that trumpet sounds so that we can get out of here. So I'm going to leave it with that. If you uh, would like to know Christ in a better way, if you've never received him into your life, or maybe there's a time in your life when you did accept him, but you've gotten away from uh, that Christian walk that you had and you're no longer a Christian and following what God wants you to do, my website has a page on how to get saved. And you can go there to connectingthegap.net. And of course, if you don't understand some of what you read there, feel free to contact us here at our ministry. There's a contact page there and we would be more than happy to answer questions you may have about God and about the Bible and what it means to be a Christian and we'd love to pray with you and and help you come to a a new life in Christ where he would from that day forward lead you and guide you in everything that you do you'll never regret it it's the best life that you'll ever live well until next week God's word never fails us God's word has stood the test of time and through Jesus' death on the cross he has connected the gap (laughs) Thank you